Welcome back to the show. This is Remington Ramsey and my co-host Taylor J. Hall. And sitting next to us on his third Diet Coke is Mayor Scott Fadness. And my first question is, do you make your wife and kids call you Mayor Fadness? Uh, no. Actually, very <laughs> seldom. Very few people actually call me What are we supposed Mayor? to call you? Just call me Scott. Scott. Yeah. All right. I got to change my nose. Hold on. <laughs> uh, changes everything. Yeah. So, Scott, you just got done uh, speaking on a mastermind for us downtown, talking about all the exciting things uh, going on in Fishers specifically and how they're so much better than Carmel and Zionsville. Yeah. And, and uh, what I guess one place that was fascinating to me where I'd like to start is you, you actually talk pretty frequently to some of the other mayors around town. What, what, is it, what, is it, what does that day look like? What do those conversations look like? Uh, I, you know, it's could be anything. It could be an issue that's just popped up that we need to talk about that maybe there's an opportunity to work together on. Or it could be long range things like how are we going to work together as a region around things like crime or um, affordable housing or transportation. It just depends upon the, the day. So I head up a group called the Central Indiana Conference of Elected Officials, which means all the mayors of the nine counties around here, we meet once uh, every other month for lunch. And we have guest speakers, and we just talk about different issues that might be facing our metropolitan area. So sometimes they're very systemic, kind of like, oh, we need to talk about the future. Other times it might be something as simple as, hey, there's a traffic issue between our two communities. We need to figure out how to make the is signal time to work. Is that like a traffic being an issue? Are you yeah, serious? Right. <laughs> is that pretty common? <laughs> it's, uh, you know, traffic and weather are the two things that people, when you don't know each other, mm -hmm. you can have a conversation, that's, right? That's so at yeah. a cocktail party, yep. people, if you go meet a stranger and you're trying to figure out what in the world to talk about, traffics what's your route to work in yeah the exactly how many routes of travel do you have sure so it never stops and everyone's a traffic engineer that's just part of dealing if you're a mayor you're going to be talking to people about traffic at some point well i kind of just dove right in there and i didn't mean to but i was really excited to ask him you know that first question but it's you know scott is actually a really um he's ahead of his time he's the first mayor of fishers first of all um, what was your role before? What, what was the title of your role? Yeah, before? I was uh, town manager. So we were the town of Fishers, not the city of Fishers. Town manager, yeah. aka mayor. Uh, mm -hmm. So, but um, what I love about your vision, and this is actually, and you found this on Twitter, so he's consistent throughout Twitter and all his social mm -hmm. media. Very impressive. Um, known as, or the vision is to develop a smart, vibrant, and entrepreneurial city. Yep. And um, what's interesting about that is, since Fishers is known as like a city of entrepreneurs, we talked about at the mastermind, um, one of the stats is bringing jobs to Fishers. Yeah. How many jobs did we bring last year? Uh, over 2,200 new jobs last year. I say we like I had a, yeah, I you had a hand in it. <laughs> hey, it's your community. Scott, how many do we? Yeah. Uh, so what was the leading industry for that? Uh, it was primarily uh, tech. Uh, honestly, the last 600 we announced were all, what's really interesting about the 2,200 announced, not all of them came from somewhere else. Some of them were actually homegrown, which is really cool to me when you think about companies that literally get started uh, on an idea here in Fishers, and they go from one to two to five to 10 to 30 employees. I mean, that is genuine, organic, uh, economic activity that is creating wealth and, and economic opportunity for people just out of thin air, so to speak. Those people I spend an inordinate amount of time with because I think they're the future of kind of Indiana and the country's economy. Mm -hmm. There you go, Taylor. Now you know how to spend more time with the Mayor Fishers. Exactly. I just need to continue to grow as a professional, I guess. <laughs> Get more activity Hang out at Launch Fishers, there. yeah. Yeah, so what breaking news can you you give us about Fishers right now? 
Um, you know, I think what I would share is uh, at State of the City, we talked a lot about quality of life improvements, mm-hmm. and uh, and then at the end, I said, look, we're we're in the next sixty to ninety days, we're going to be rolling out probably close to one hundred and fifty million dollars of new investment in the city of Fishers in terms of economic development, and um, I think we're we're very close to starting that series of announcements here literally in the next um next week you'll start to see the start of some of those announcements and uh, right. we're very excited AKA about that. you're a week too early yeah, to ask right. that question Taylor. but he at least acknowledged and gave somewhat of an that's answer true. so that's yes. good but there's it, a reason he's the mayor that uh, obviously he's trained he's got this down <laughs> so going from a residential town to an entrepreneurial city right i guess what uh as far as launch fishers, obviously you were a co-founder yep. for that. Um, you have the yard culinary district coming out, but one of the things that is also another first is the first Indiana IOT lab. Right. And what does that really signify for fishers? So, uh, think of it metaphorically as a bridge. We're building a bridge between these growing, uh, skill sets and companies like big data analytics, um, edge device development or the, dev- the components, mm-hmm cloud computing, um, and ideation, if you will. Those are kind of the four components of um, the Internet of Things, which mm-hmm. for those that don't know what IoT is. Yes, thank you. It's the over here like, what's going on? It's yeah. always in the magazines, yeah. but I always want to know more. It's On its simplest, it's the application of the Internet to everyday things, which mm-hmm. will allow you to manipulate it from far away, like you right. can control something that's a long ways away. Uh, or it will generate data that will allow you to understand things more thoroughly. Those are a couple things it can do. So think about your crock pot now having an app on your cell phone so yeah. that you can go turn your crock pot on. That's manipulating mm-hmm. an everyday device from a long ways away. Why can you do that? Because the Internet is now in that thing, Internet mm-hmm. of Things. Um, so why we should care about this as a community and as a state is there are three industries that Indiana does really well. We make things, we move things, and we grow things. Manufacturing, agriculture, and distribution. We're ranked in the top five uh, in the country as a state in every one of those. So as the plant floor in an assembly plant up in northern Indiana decides that they need to modernize, where are they going to go get the services they need to modernize that manufacturing plant? The hope is instead of calling California or the East Coast to do that, they'll call a company at the IoT lab here in Indiana to um, provide those services. In doing so, we develop the skills in the next generation of our economy here in central Indiana. Is that what you envisioned when you heard IoT Lab? Uh, no, I had no idea. What were you when thinking? When I heard the acronyms, I just started thinking of like acronyms, my like uh, FBI, other acronyms. KFC, and then I got <laughs> distracted and hungry because I haven't had lunch oh. yet. Well, so uh, speaking of my distractions, I, I look out. We're we're actually off location. I haven't even addressed this yet. We're not at Banker's Life Fieldhouse. In case you haven't noticed, if you guys are watching this, my wife is calling me. Doesn't she know? That I'm on a podcast. She probably has a question. She there probably does. We complaint pothole maybe <laughs> another <laughs> pothole. She just hit a pothole. No, uh, you're sitting right downtown Fishers, where there's so many cool restaurants. You mentioned going to restaurants with some of the other mayors. What yep. are what are your go-to lunch spots here within walking distance? Uh, Forty Ray, um, Flame Burger is another one I go to often. Uh, Luvino isn't open for lunch, but I'll hit that at night. Uh, so it, it's been amazing to see some of these culinary opportunities pop up. 
uh, where before there was literally nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's awesome to start to see that. And there's just, you know, more construction, more momentum every day. It's been fun to literally look out my window, look out the window here at City Hall and um, see all this grow up around us. It's really right. kind of fun to be around. It's like Sim City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the next spot is going to be down by that Portillo's Ikea that it's called The Yard. Can right. you explain? So I know a little bit about it. I've read about yeah. it. I get the magazine. But for those those who maybe aren't in Fishers or just like want to know more about The Yard, what is The Yard? It's a $100 million development uh, right in front of Ikea. And uh, the whole point of it is to really focus on restaurants and smaller retail opportunities. Uh, traditionally, you would find around Ikea is like big box retail, which right. is kind of going out of fashion. If you think of all the closings Mm -hmm. that are happening across America today when it comes to large retail, it's because people don't go there anymore. They want unique experiences. Restaurants, culinary experiences is like the last frontier of people wanting to get out of their homes and go experience something. That's why the whole microbrewery phenomenon happened is because people like that experience. So we really try to tailor a development around that opportunity because we thought our residents would, would really enjoy it. Plus, you know, when I go out and talk to residents, which I do all the time, um, they they often used to complain about they were tired of kind of the chain restaurants. They want something different. And so hopefully this development will provide that. This hurts a little bit because a question that my wife would kill me if I did not ask is, is a cheesecake factory ever coming to Fisher's? Uh. Uh, not, not it's the, the reverse of what everything you just yeah. explained. Right. But right. when is it coming? <laughs> not, not, not that I'm aware of. Okay. Uh, not that I'm aware of. He just yeah. mentioned four or five other restaurants. I, that you I can know. Try out. I, I agree. We've actually been to a few of those. Yeah. And yeah, we we hit up Flame Burger every now and then. So mm. we haven't been to Four Day Ray though. So. Yeah, yeah, I've heard a lot of people. Say yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. Hmm. So speaking of traffic congestion and that being like the go-to thing. Uh, is that one thing that you guys talk trash about is how many roundabouts you have? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I don't know how many roundabouts we have. Um, I know Jim Brainerd does over in Carmel. That's, <laughs> that's his thing, right? I mean, that's his yep. passion. Uh, I credit him for bringing that design to Indiana. I mean, it wasn't really, really? yeah, I mean, it wasn't prevalent until Jim really started doing that. Mayor Brainerd started doing mm-hmm. that. Uh, and it is an efficient use of, uh, infrastructure, but I don't have the same, like, obsession or passion about it that uh, Mayor Brainerd does. Maybe you can help me, though. Coach me on how to explain to my grandparents who come down from Portland who are very frustrated with the roundabouts <laughs> on why it's a good thing. So actually, I mean, in all seriousness, why is it a good thing? I've heard about fuel efficiency and traffic yeah, flow. And- it's, um, so first and foremost, it's a safety. It is actually a safer uh, intersection because uh, the likelihood of you at traveling at high speeds and T-boning someone, you know, like, mm-hmm. hey, they ran a red light you hit them is less likely. So you have less fatals, um, fatal crashes. You maybe have the same number of car accidents, but they're much safer in terms of just fender benders types of things. Sure. Um, and they are more efficient to move traffic. They're hands down. They're more efficient to move traffic. They're also a little bit more comical when someone use it, uses it the wrong way. Cause we uh, live yeah. right off exit 210. Yeah. Yeah. That There's one's a tough of, one. Some of the things that we have seen, like yeah. you would left. not have believed unless you saw it. I mean, yeah. they're, they're actually on the median. Like they're on the circle. Well, that's not even a roundabout. What no, is that? No, that well, even, once you is. get to Olio, yeah. it's a roundabout. It's a roundabout. But yeah, that yeah. is, what is that? It's like a, where are you going? Where are you coming? Yeah. That, that, that's a different, um, a lot of people it's like a diverging diamond that. or something like that. That's, That's a right. diverging diamond. It's, it's intricate, but it does. It moves traffic, and yeah. I, I like it. It's just interesting when other people come and visit, 
Oh yeah. You know, they're just like, what is this? People are, uh, people are creatures of habit. So they, when you bring a deviation to what they're normally used Mm -hmm. to, it can cause a lot of confusion. We have a Michigan left at 96 in Allisonville, which people to this day still complain about, Mm -hmm. um, that because it's not intuitive. You have to go right to go left. Right. Which doesn't make sense to most people. (laughs) Left. Right. right (laughs) I got you. I'm following. Two left. Don't make a, yeah. Sorry. Dad jokes. I know. Uh, you grew up a farmer. That's right. correct. Yes, I did. And I feel like most people who get into politics probably start, I mean, I don't know what the, the mayor of Carmel and Indianapolis and Zionsville, I don't know what they grew up wanting to be or, or what their transition was, but how do you transition from a far, you've said before that politics was not like a dream of yours. Not at all. Um, yeah. How did you go from being a farmer? to? Well, a uh, great question. Like anybody's life, I'm sure if we were to sit here and talk about your guys's, you probably would have picked a different path. If when you were 12 years old, you wouldn't have thought this is what you're going to be doing. I today. always want to be a professional podcaster. My there man. You know, there you <laughs> go. Um, I wanted to be a farmer. I would have been a third generation farmer in uh, rural North Dakota. And um, my dad and our family, we decided to get out of the farming business late in my teenage years. And it's not like an industry you can just go, oh, I want to go be a farmer again. Uh, and so um, <laughs> I kind of decided that I'd always been interested in, in, in being part of things uh, bigger than myself. So I wanted to be a part of making a difference. I'm kind of a do-gooder at uh, my core, but I didn't know what that meant. So I ended up going to school to really get into government and not to get into politics. I never wanted to be the elected leader. I wanted to be more on the public service side. And so then, um, you know, through a lot of timing and fate, uh, this opportunity arrived at my doorstep. And originally when I was confronted to run for mayor, I told everyone, no, I had no interest because I just didn't really like the political side of it. Hmm. Um, you still don't, I still don't like the political side. That's correct. But what I've learned is the political side is what gives you the capacity to do more good. And so if that's a gauntlet you have to run through to do what you care about, then that's the gauntlet you got to run. And um, having gone through an election, which is a very intense mm-hmm. experience in your life, it, to, to walk into people's living rooms with 20 or 30 people standing there going, why should I care about what you have to say over and over again? That's, an, that's like an intense environment to, to go through. But having gone through it, um, you know, I love what it's allowed me to do here at the city. So, you know, I, I, it was a long and winding road to get to the mayor of Fishers from rural North Dakota, but uh, it's been an amazing journey for sure. It's a great answer. So you're so busy. Do you ever have time to just relax? Um, not a lot. Uh, I am very busy. I my life is hectic. I have a three year old at home. I have another one. Um, I'll have another son in August this year. Groundbreaking. You. you asked about grad, but yeah, he hasn't told anyone yet. Or at least not on a podcast. No, no, no. This Breaking is my first news. podcast announcement. As Indy grows, grows, we always find something. As Scott Fatness family grows, Ooh, that's right. We did it. Uh, you know, I um, what I have learned. One thing I'm fortunate I can compartmentalize things. So um, there are lots of people I know in these roles that will go home and like not be able to sleep at night because of all this crazy stuff that's mm-hmm. happening. I'm not that guy. Like I can, I can go home and be okay, and I can sit down with my three year old and play with him. Uh, and so you just have to make every hour mm-hmm. count, and uh, and then surround yourself. I have a small circle of friends that 
you know, I hang out with. You taking applications? Yeah, yeah, right. right. <laughs> uh, I, I, so I have a small group of friends that uh, matter a lot to me that we, when we get together, we do not talk about anything related mm-hmm. to my role and my job. And, and frankly, um, you guys don't know me that well, but like if we were sitting at the bar, right, mm-hmm. or at a restaurant, and you were sitting next to me and we ch- started chatting, unless you specifically asked me, what I do for a living, I would. Right. It's just. Wouldn't bring it up. I'm not that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Have you always been able to car- compartmentalize that, or is that something that you learned over time? Uh, that's always been kind of the way I I yeah. am. I think I'm just wired that way. I'm not a I'm not a very emotional person, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm not easily excitable. So I think it's always just been kind of you know right. even keel for me. Yeah. What does get you excited? You know sports. No, I don't watch any sports for the most part. You know, I heard a rumor that he has played some pickleball. I I did dabble in pickleball. You dabbled I in played, pickleball. I played pickleball a couple of times with yeah. some folks uh, for fun, and that's that's an interesting game. But yeah, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Taylor's big into pickleball. Big Are into you? pickleball? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to the two new courts. Yeah, I, I've uh, I've tried to explain it to people. It's it's a hybrid between tennis and ping pong. Right. Badminton, yeah. Badminton. But you stand on the court. It's it looks yeah. like a tennis court, but it's a badminton sized court. Yeah. You play with but pickles. you're playing <laughs> you play with pickles. It's pretty addictive. But yeah, it is. It's a, yeah. it's a fun game and you really until you get into it, you don't realize how big the community actually is. There is a ton of people that play it and mm-hmm. they're like passionate, passionate yes. about it. And there's all these norms and rules that you like <laughs> where you, you lay your really paddle is. down to figure out whose turn it is and all like this is all <laughs> it, it's got to learn of, this so it's a community it's got, it's got a lot of subculture to it it's mm-hmm. really cool is it the same type of muscles you would use for i mean not tennis i mean would you be are you pretty sore afterwards is it pretty yeah. i'll tell you yeah i think so what like if if you're really into it what's going to be sore is just you know, uh, anything low, like calves, yeah, you know, yeah. hamstrings. It's good because for agility. You're staying low. Yeah. If you're, you know, if you're really playing competitively, it's it's a lot of lower body movement, obviously. I've never but. seen you this passionate in a podcast. You were all <coughs> excited about pickleball over there. He's about Stay, to get emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Tears of joy because Hashtag two pickleball. more courts are coming to Cynthia Park, yeah. and I hate sitting out and waiting to get on <laughs> yeah. the court. This so, is great stuff. Yeah. So what does get you excited? How, what would make you as passionate as Taylor is about pickleball? <laughs> pickleball. Besides fish. I'm not talking about, obviously, we know you're... Yeah, you're, right, right, right. So, I, you know, I'm a big music fan, um, so I do enjoy going to concerts for certain bands, and uh, so I do I do love that, but I, I mean, I'm, at my core, I am a public policy wonk. You know, I'm a geek <laughs> when it comes to local government. I, I love being around my employees. Uh, that's why I'm dressed pretty casually today, so I can be out and about with the, with the employees. I love doing police ride-alongs. Um, Oh, I just, uh, you know, I geek out on being around local government, which there's a difference between me being excited about something and me being expressive. So mm-hmm. I could be extremely excited and still look exactly like I do right now. <laughs> I just don't have any that, expressions. That's a good, you don't, there's no, a good difference. Skill set to yeah. static to be <laughs> yeah, on the show. There is a difference. I don't want to play against him in poker because I would not yeah. be able to oh, tell yeah, right. anything in poker, right. which is what we're doing after this. There you go. Yes. Uh, well, Scott, how can we help? So, you know, we, we talked in the mastermind about specifically, you know, realtors, and that was who you're speaking yeah. to before. You speak a lot to schools. Just if I am living in Fishers, you know, what can we do? I mean, what is your vision to share with us? So it's a great question. One of the things I would share with you is, and we talk about this a lot among the metropolitan leaders and even in the state, we suffer from Hoosier humility. So... One of the things when I got into the role of town manager and then ultimately into the mayor's role is one of my goals was for Fisher's residents to 
truly fall in love with their city, which sounds kind of corny. But when you live in a suburb, a lot of times people just pick the house that's closest to where they work, where they have good schools, and you can afford to live there. It really has nothing to do with, man, I just absolutely love this mm-hmm. city, right? Right. And so we're trying to turn that around where maybe that is how you got to Fishers. But why you're going to stay here and why your kids are going to decide that they want to move back here is because they have a genuine mm-hmm. uh, affiliation or connection to this city. Uh, and, and so we've got to build community traditions. We've got to, we've got to build senses of place. And, and so it's a hearts and minds campaign. It's telling the story of why Fishers is so cool. It's plugging into different opportunities that, um, that ultimately is what's going to make the difference. So it can be something as simple as volunteering at the humane society or volunteering with sports organization, coaching your kids, little league, or it could be as big as running for mayor of the city of Fishers and taking on this role anywhere on that continuum, just plugging into our community on some level uh, makes it more of a community than just a suburb. Did you hear that Fishers is also the first city that is AARP age-friendly? I, the, did, I heard that yes. because you told me. Well, come on now. But, oh, do, but do you know what that means? <laughs> I Well, I'd like it to be explained. Okay. Yeah. Well, it is, um, you know, we're trying to, as our community evolves, People used to never think of Fishers as a place where someone who was 55 or older would Mm -hmm. live here. But what's happened is there are so many young families here. uh, The grandparents are moving to Fishers uh, in droves to be around their grandkids. And so now we have to evolve our city to be an attractive place for people who are uh, 55 and older. Mm -hmm. And that means, you know, different programming, different opportunities. Uh, And so this initiative, this AARP designation is just the start of trying to figure out how we position Fishers to be an attractive place, not only to a 32-year-old who's just about to have their first kid, but to a 65-year-old uh, who's here because they want to see their grandkid play soccer. But it sounds like you're already doing that because the the fastest-growing neighborhood in Fishers yeah, is the 55 and older neighborhood. Yeah, right. yeah, for sure. But now we got to figure out, okay, with all those folks out at Britain Falls, which is the, the neighborhood you're referring to, how do we lure them into the city? How do we get them engaged? You know, they have a, there's amazing talent in that neighborhood of retired people with all these unbelievable skill sets. Maybe... Maybe it's mentoring in our high schools to kids whose parents aren't doing a a stellar job. Uh, It could be any number of things. So we're trying to figure out how to engage those folks. I've got a final question. He just nailed this question at the mastermind a couple hours ago, and that's going to be our wrap-up. But do you have any takeaways or any further questions that you have for him? This is an eye-opening for me. I do, because there's something that I'm really looking to get from him because I know he can answer this. For you... What is, have you found is the best way to deliver news that someone is not going to want to hear? Oh, I think wow. that'd be something that our viewers and listeners would be interested in knowing. Well, I've done a fair bit of that. Right. I've had some difficult conversations with people. Um, I've even been in situations where um, people hear really tragic news mm-hmm. uh, for the first time from, from public uh, or from our uh, first responders. Um, Honestly, I think it comes down to honesty and compassion. I mean, uh, and then sometimes I have to be the person that they take their anger out on, mm-hmm. which you just know that that's your role and right. you don't take it personally and you, you deal with it. Um, so I think honesty and compassion and patience are, are how you get, get over those difficult conversations. Solid answer. I'm sorry, I really took a turn on the tone Actually, of that. Actually, that's, yeah. that's a perfect segue into the last question. So yeah. I asked the question at Mastermind, if someone wanted to run for mayor, what type of person 
are, are we looking for? And you actually are, I, at least I think I read this, you're running again in 2019. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, for everyone else that, who's thinking about, hey, I wonder if I have what it takes to be the mayor. There's a there's a type of person you, yeah. you want to be the mayor, and there's a type of person well, you this want. Well, this is, and I'll qualify, this is my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. So my opinion of observing politics now for a while and being involved, being around it is, if you are an individual who watches Fox News or CNN or likes to post on Facebook about your long rants on politics and just seems to be kind of a political junkie, I would encourage you not to run for office. <laughs> I would encourage you to volunteer on campaigns, mm-hmm. um, to be involved in the parties. Uh, but, but I don't think that's being the leader is not your role. I think if you're a person who sits at home and thinks to yourself, man, I've got like eight ideas that could change Fishers or change the state, change your county, whatever it might be, and you're very passionate about those ideas, those are the folks we want to recruit to run for office, regardless of their, I don't really care their political affiliation, but if they have ideas like that, that those are the folks. And, and to separate the two out is sometimes difficult, but I've, and when I'm feeling cynical, I say, you know, most of the people I meet are in the camp of, they love the title, they they love uh, the political action, so to speak, but don't really have a natural curiosity for governance. But I think there are good ones as well. And so I just, you know, you got to seek them out. And if you think you are that person, you know, take that test, write down the 10 ideas you actually want to go pursue, not the 10 positions you want. Mm-hmm. What are the 10 ideas you have? And if you can't write them down, then you got more homework to do. And that's why he's the mayor. That is why he's the mayor of Fishers. Scott Fadness joins us. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, we will be back at Banker's Life for the next episode. And where can people find us and send all their fa- fan mail or questions uh, for Scott about the city? Well, where can they find you at on social? Uh, you can find me at Scott Fadness on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. I would hit me up there. I'm pretty active on that. And Facebook, you you'll find me on Scott Fadness as well. And then... Um, any questions, feel free to hit up our website. All kinds of information as well as uh, email addresses for me. Awesome. And you can find us at asindiegrows.com and at asindiegrows for all of our social handles. See you next time.